Good morning, Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. This is Pastor George here, coming to you from the church office here in Tuolumne City. What a wonderful place to be. Happy New Year. Can you believe it? We made it. We made it into 2021. And you know, with all that's going on, that's a lot to be said, that we made it. Um, our church uh, membership, including myself and Joe, have gone through the coronavirus uh, it's uh, it's been an amazing adventure. I really didn't anticipate it uh, coming to my house, but um, it did. And we survived it, and we're doing great. And I want to let you know that we are going to be coming back to uh, in-church services next Sunday. Uh, yes, we're going to do all the, the precautions. We're going to Take your temperature when you come in. We're going to wash your hands. We're going to you're going to register so that we know and prove who was here and who was not here, um, and we're going to social distance. So, uh, but we are going to be having in-person church services, and I cannot wait to see each and every one of you. God bless you. We'll get started here in just a minute. Thank you for tuning in to Tuolumne Community Baptist Church podcast. I'm. Uh, simultaneously doing the podcast and doing Facebook Live. Um, if uh, people out there are tuning into the Facebook Live, if there's any issues with the sound quality or picture quality or if anything's going on that I don't know about, please put it in your, your notes there. Uh, send it over to me so that I can uh, try to make adjustments. I don't have a sound person here today. It's just myself here at the office at the church. Um, I'm hoping this is going to come through um, just fine. Um, a happy new year. It's, it's, it's a new year. It's 2021. Can you believe it? I, I can't hardly believe that we finally made it. This has had to been not just for us, but one of the longest years of our lives. Uh, so much going on from all the unrest in America, political issues to you know, the violent things that are going on in cities all throughout our nation uh, to COVID, uh, which has struck our home. Uh, both my wife and I have gone through it. Uh, her mother, uh, 93 years old, is going through it right now. Um, and we're praying for her and she's doing okay. Uh, we don't understand why uh, some people, it completely takes them out in a very short period of time. And others like myself, you know, I was sick for a few days. Um, the hardest part of getting over it was the, the fact that I had no energy for uh, several weeks. You know, I just didn't feel like doing anything. And uh, But I'm past that now. I'm here, and we're ready to get back into church. And uh, there's been a few members of ours that have are still suffering uh, with the, the COVID. And uh, so we're patiently waiting for everyone to get back and get healthy and we want to, our intentions are to resume uh, in-person church services next Sunday, uh, 10.30 here at the church in Tuolumne. We'd love to have you. We are going to follow all the CDC rules. You're going to sign in when you come in. We're going to have you wash your hands, take your temperature, uh, and we're going to social distance. We're going to do everything that we could possibly do to keep this thing from spreading uh, any more than it has throughout our church. Um, but at the same hand, we believe it's vitally important for us to be together, uh, to worship together, to uh, just praise God together, and to learn together and grow together. It's so very important. So I'm going to bring you a message today. 
it's going to be a standalone message because I'm hoping next week when we get together, I have a new sermon series I cannot wait to dive into. We're going to be going through the book of John verse by verse, and it's it's a fabulous study. I think you're going to love it. Um, there's so much about the book of John that honestly I didn't even know until I began this study here a few weeks ago. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that next week. But for for New Year's Sunday, our first Sunday of 2021, uh, I decided to bring you a message. And here's the title of the message. I wasn't going to give it to you, but I'm going to give it to you right now. I do not know how to go out or to come in. What? I do not know how to go out or to come in. This is a statement that we've heard many times in the Old Testament. And I want to talk about that statement. Let me take you to 1 Kings 3, 4 through 7. I'm reading out of the New King James Bible. Um, it, you, it, whatever you have that you have in front of you will be, will be fine. We'll, excuse me, get to the same place. Okay, verse 4 says, Now the king went to Gibron to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place Solomon offered a thousand bird offerings on that altar. At Gibron, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? Oh, this is so interesting. Verse 6, Then Solomon said, you have known, shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him. You have given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. He was talking about himself. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a child. I am a little child. He goes on to say, I do not know how to come in, how to go out or come in. And that's the title of today's message. I do not know how to go out or come in. I love this statement because it's one we must understand. I do not think that he is talking about having trouble with doorknobs. What was seemingly a natural ability that David had? What was this seemingly natural ability that David had that Solomon so desired? Well, let me just give you a hint. It was worship. Worship brings God's presence in our lives. Come in first to be filled and then go out with his presence. If you don't go out with God's presence, you're going out with nothing. Absolutely nothing. Listen to what Jesus had to say before you go out. This is in Luke 24, 49. This is part B. This is the bottom half of that verse. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Stay until you are empowered. Wow. Before you go out, you must come in to the presence of God. We don't go out from God we go out with his presence. We don't go out from God, but we go out with his presence. It's so important that we get that understanding. Solomon is asking for wisdom with understanding. 
He was saying, God, I need to know the secret of my father's David's faith and strength. I need to know what it is that made him the way he was. So let's read on in 2 Kings 3 verse 8. It says, And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. He's talking about Israel. Verse 9, Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Verse 10, This speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. It so pleased God. Okay, we, we see here he's asking for wisdom. I get that. But what is really being said about, I do not know how to go out or come in? Let's look for a minute at what Moses had to say about this subject. Numbers 27, Numbers verse 27, chapter 27, I'm sorry, verse 15 says, Then Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, verse 16, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. Verse 17, who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. Wow. Okay, this speaks noticeably clear to me that Moses is talking about leadership. Notice it said that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. It means the leader has to know how to go out and how to come in and what it means to do that. This says to me that it is my job to make sure you have an understanding of what it means to go out and to come in and to completely understand that we're not talking about doorknobs. Look at Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 and 2. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out or come in. Maybe he couldn't work those doorknobs anymore. Also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. So God has already instructed Moses that he had a plan, that he wasn't going to be the one to take Israel into, over the Jordan, into the promised land. And Moses is saying here, okay, he's 120 years old. That sets a precedence for what pastor's retirement should be, at least 120 years. Wow, this means you have me for 52 more years. You better not get tired of me yet. Here, Joshua was the next leader of Israel. Let's see what he thought about going out and coming in. Joshua 14, verse 11 says, As yet I am strong this day, as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting some understanding. He's going out and coming in. It's a military term. 
going out is referring to taking the armies out to war and coming in is just as important, even more important than going out. We come in to recharge and to fill up with God's fuel, His presence. It's so important that we understand. Well, Pastor, I just don't get it. What, what wars are we fighting? Really? I'm so glad you asked. We're fighting the prince of the air. We're fighting Satan himself with all his disciples. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting spirit. We're fighting, we're fighting the spirit of the world is what we're fighting. So listen to, to what it says here that David about this going out. 1 Samuel 18, 12 through 16. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but God had departed from Saul. We know that, that God had departed from Saul and that God was with David. Verse 13, Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him captain over a thousand. So he went out and came in before the people. Oh, this is so interesting. Saul thought, I'm going to get rid of David by putting him in charge of a thousand uh, troops. I'm going to get rid of him, put him out front. Maybe, maybe somebody will kill him out there. But David, because of who he was and God's hand was upon him, this worked to his benefit, not to his to his downfall. Verse 14, And David behaved wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, Saul was even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah, all the tribe of Israel and Judah, loved David because he went out and came in before them. This is very significant. David comes in after every battle to worship and thank God for his victories and mourn his losses. And he does this in a very public way. So all could see that it was God who carries David to the victory. We must remember David is just a man. He has the same nature as you and me. The same nature. When things are good, he makes a decision not to go out with his army to battle, as he should have. But he stayed back. He stayed back to enjoy his blessings. Let's look at 2 Samuel 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year that when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab, Joab, and his servants with him, and all Israel, that they may destroy the people of Amnon and besiege Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. This was a problem. David's job was to go out to battle, was to continue to fight that battle. Verse 2, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and that woman was very beautiful to behold. And we know the story. We know what happened to David. And we know the results because we've studied the life of King David. We know what has happened. What the Word of God is telling us, this should have never happened. 
David falls to his own desires instead of going out with his men and fighting alongside of them. Well, how does that relate to us today? It's so easy to see if we would just look and judge our own lives. Then when things are good in our lives, we tend to be just like David. We tend to sit back and let someone else go. Do you ever notice that? Our job, our job is to be out there witnessing to somebody. Spreading the gospel with somebody. But you know, things are kind of tough right now. I'm okay. I think I'm just going to stay home and let someone else go. We have spiritual battles to fight every day. There are souls out there that are going to hell because we don't tell them about Jesus. You don't invite them to come and worship with us. Did you know, realize the number one reason why people don't come and check out your church? It's because they weren't invited. Churches throughout the world have suffered due to this pandemic, especially California churches. But this is no time to sit back and trust God to do the work. We must go out and fight. Do it by calling someone, visiting someone, inviting your neighbors to church. Let's look at Jesus' warning to us not to become complacent, so comfortable that we begin to make excuses of why we're not out there doing our job. Why we're not calling someone, encouraging someone that's going through a really hard time. I want you to see this message. It's in Luke. And turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, verse 14. We're going to go, um, I'm sorry, chapter 14. I always do that. Chapter 14, we're going to go uh, from verse 12 through verse 24. And then we're going to talk about these things. Now, Jesus is talking. Then he also said to them who invited him. So someone invited Jesus to come. When you give dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or nor your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. You know what Jesus is talking about here. It does you no good to start inviting people over for dinner only if you're expecting them to invite you, invite you back because that's the proper thing to do. We'll get to his point. Verse 13, he says, But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the res resurrection of the just. We, we're building our treasure in heaven. It's not about what we can build up here on earth. It's about eternity. It's about eternal life. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Jesus, he said to Jesus, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Oh, I'm sure Jesus said, yeah, you're right. But then he said, I'm going to give you a little parable, guys. Listen to this. Then he said, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. Now, let's kind of get the contents of this. We know that it's Jesus talking here because it's in red in your Bible. 
And we know that a certain man who gave a great supper, Jesus is referring to God. And Jesus is God. So he's referring to himself. Verse 17, And he sent his servant at supper, supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. Now understand time and culture here. If you're going to put a big feast on, they don't have freezers or microwaves or uh, gas stoves. You know, it took time to slaughter the beef, uh, to, to get it chopped up, to get it prepared to eat, to light the fire, to get the coal sot to be able to cook it. So there's a lot of preparation in putting on a big feast. So now he says, go tell those who were invited. Who do you think those are? Those who were invited are those who Jesus knew. Could it be uh, Christians? People who have accepted Jesus Christ? He said, go invite those who were invited. That things are ready now. Verse 18, he said, But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. All right. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you, have me excused. Listen to the next one. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. He didn't bother to ask to be excused. He's, I, I can't come, man. I just married this beautiful woman over here. I got to go. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets, the lanes of the city, and bring here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Start bringing in all those people who don't have the ability. Go out and get them. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come, to come in that my house may be filled. God's house is open to everyone. Everyone. I don't care what you look like, smell like, dress like. It's open to you. It's open. And he said in verse 24, For I have said to you that none of those men who are invited shall taste my supper. Church, um, you, you can read into that sentence what you want. I have read it, and I've read it over and over again, and I say, Lord, what are you saying to me in this statement? For I have said to you, those men who were invited, the Christians, the churchgoers, the people that are part of this body of Christ, those that were invited shall taste my supper. So I want to move from there to point number one. The case of the missing ground. The case of the missing ground. I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. 
Has anyone ever bought land without seeing it first? Let me just ask you that question. It may have happened, but listen how this lame what this lame excuse really is. The land is not going anywhere. The land is not missing. You bought the piece of land, but you made an excuse that I got to go see this land. I'm sure that you had already seen it or you wouldn't have purchased it. You'd already seen paperwork on it. You'd already seen pictures on it. But this was just a lame excuse to tell the Lord, I'm not coming to the supper. How about the second one, the radioactive oxen? I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. All right, all right. How many of you have bought, well, if you're a farmer, how many of you have bought a tractor without ever testing it first? To see if it's the right piece of equipment, because that's what the oxen here represent is, is farm work. But to bring it into maybe a little more normal, how many of you have bought a car and never test drive it first? You just took the, you know, the salesman's word for it. Oh, it's a beautiful car. Runs great. Sure. Some kind of lame excuse this is. We always test drive things before we buy them. And you could test drive them after the supper. You could go on Monday or Tuesday. But I got to give these two. At least they asked if they could be excused. How about the third guy? The case of the killer bride. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Okay, this guy at least puts it out there. I cannot come. But please take a minute and realize the spiritual content of this scripture. Jesus is talking. He's prepared a meal, a banquet for you. The great banquet in heaven is what he's talking about. Do you realize this is what we do when we come to church? We come into him to worship and to praise all that he has already done. The message is the banquet. The banquet is to feed us and to give us strength to go out and fight the spiritual battles that we have to fight every single day. Whether they're in our house, in our heads, wherever they're at, we have spiritual battles that we have to fight. And we need spiritual food to be able to fight them. But how often do we make excuses? Well, my house just isn't clean enough today to be able to go to church, so I got to stay and, and get the house clean. Maybe you're just not feeling well. Um, and I get that. I, 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 I don't want anybody, especially after what we've been through through this pandemic, to come to church if they're not feeling well. But that's not the point that I'm trying to make. It's when we make excuses. We make excuses to do other things, to worship potentially other gods than to worship our God. It's important when we come together. It's important coming to church. It's important being part of the body of Christ. And Jesus himself was telling us to be careful be careful because you start making excuses and you don't realize what's really going on. Spiritually, you're not getting the food you need and you're getting weaker and you're looking at other things to fulfill those things that God has always 
fulfilled for all of us. This is a message I think is very appropriate for the first message of the year. This is one that we have to pay attention to because it's, it's, we've, we've all been missing so much church for weeks now. We haven't been in corporate church together with one another. We've been watching it on TV, online, wherever we get it. And praise God, I'm glad that you are. But you know, it only takes 21 days to create a habit. A habit for us to think that I can get all my spiritual food sitting here at home and watching it on TV. I'm telling you, there's something uh, much more important than that is the community, the body of Christ. When we come together and we lift each other and we hold each other and we strengthen one another, that's what we do. And I don't want this pandemic to cause us to get used to staying home and start making excuses. Well, you know, I'm just not sure whether I should go to church today or not. Let's get up and go. Let's part, be a part of the body of Christ. Let's come in to the house of God to get that spiritual food we need for the strength to be able to fight the battles that we have to fight. Amen. Let me pray for you, and I'm going to let you guys go today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given us, the technology you've given us to get out there and reach out to your people. Even in the midst of this pandemic, Father, we thank you that, uh, that you've given us this time to spend with one another. Father, I ask that you, you enter our minds and our spirits to have us begin to judge ourselves. Have I been making excuses as to why I haven't picked up my Bible and read it today? Have I been making excuses of why I haven't spent time with you, Lord, just in prayer and in thanksgiving and worship? Father, have I made excuses not to attend church? Father, forgive me. I'm going to take this to a personal level to myself. Father, forgive me because I have done all these things. And I know that your people out there have too. Father, we want to be able to come in, get strengthened by your Spirit, and then take your presence with us out there into the world in which we live in. And there are people in all of our world, each one of us live in a world where there are people that we see daily, Father, people that do not know you. Help us, Father, to be a witness to them. Not to fill our church, Father, but to fill the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing. And I ask you to bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless.